I we had a, a pretty good discussion just a second ago off mics about a topic, and so I just wanted to hit record and just get going, so we yeah. so we don't forget about it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's good. How's we it going? forget instantly. We do. I'm good. I'm doing. How are good. you guys? I'm getting ready. I'm going to Alabama tomorrow. Oh, no. Everybody I told you froze. Guys I'm going to uh, Alabama for one day, so I go. Tomorrow I arrive, and then uh, Friday afternoon I go to a private school and I do three sessions with three age groups, really mimicking the making it show. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to make things in front of these kids, and hopefully they laugh and giggle and get the point of the whole thing. So we'll see. I'm a little nervous about it all. How do you? How are you going going to interact in like real time with? I know you've done this before with kids, but how do you keep them engaged? Like uh, humor is a big part of it. Humor is a big part of it. Kind of like one of my tools is I pick the one kid that really wants to be involved, and I kind of pick on him a little bit, you know, lovingly pick on him and and get him involved and put things in their hands. And so, like that one kid is kind of like my comic relief. It's kind of like a straight man and a and, and a goofball. I tend to do that a little bit. So I'll find one kid that I can connect with in the during the session. The session's 45 minutes long, so I don't have that much time. But in that 45 minutes, I'm going to make a model, like a 20, 15, 20-inch 20 high model out of cardboard tape, rubber bands, and hot glue, just to mm. show them they could actualize anything they think of. And that's really what it's about. It's to inspire the kids to think, imagine, think, <clears throat> sketch, and then create. And then the idea of creating with, uh, with no boundaries and just have fun and prototype and iterate. That's, that's all part of what they want that's me to, cool. to, to give to these kids. So I'm going to make those three, it's for three sessions. So we discussed the three things I'm going to make. I'm going to make those three sessions in a quick time video today, which will probably only be on my Patreon because they're going to be kind of out of context videos. So I'm really making them for the teachers to show the students so that they have a record. I don't want to make a record with the kids. If they want to film the kids, that's up to them. Me with the kids, that's up to them. Yep. And I don't ever remember seeing you use a hot glue gun. Usually I see you use like a torch or a lighter or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's funny. Do you I, own a hot glue gun? Do you? Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I would prototype... <laughs> How many hot glue guns do you think he has? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I have the, the old 3M orange hot glue gun, which works extremely well, but it always drips, so you got to like plug it in and just leave it on the floor. The... I don't know why my, my sound is on. The hot glue guns used to always be plugged in all the time. In fact, every single night in the city, I'd have to wake up at one in the morning and go unplug the hot glue gun. And then I put them on a power strip. So when I came in, I'd flip on the power strip and the hot glue gun was always hot and ready to go because I used to use it all the time to prototype. When I was prototyping and iterating and thinking and cutting toys apart and gluing them back together, the hot glue gun was always ready to go. And uh, I stopped needing it as much when I started using CA glue and spray. I, I don't want to use CA glue with the kids. It's too dangerous. It's more yeah. dangerous than a hot glue gun. So I'll probably just use a uh, hot glue gun tomorrow and tape and stuff. Nice. Yeah, no, hot glue guns are really important. And then I started realizing if I needed the hot glue gun, I could just heat up the tip with a lighter or a torch and then just dab. And you can't run a big, you can't run a glue line like that, but you could always have a hot glue gun and just heat it up like a candle and make a drip and use it as a dot. So I've done that. That's a, that's a, Hot tip right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's in my tip series if you get a chance to go in. Oh, I gotta gotta go relearn, I guess. <laughs> Rewatch. So how long are you gonna be down there? Uh just one day. I leave tomorrow afternoon and I get back on Friday evening. So just cool. Quick turnaround. Like thirty hours. Wow. And then uh Workbench Con is coming up. Workbench the Con is weekend? coming up. Is that right? Uh yeah. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, Rachel's taking a ride with me. So we're going to go down on Tuesday, drive down, get down there by Thursday to kind of a slow drive, get there Thursday. Then I leave Workbench Con and I go to Louisville. I told you I'm and going you to Louisville. And you pass right by my and ignore me and don't come yep. and hang out with me. And you go right just an hour north and then hang I'm out just with gonna, other people. I'm right? going to come and take a picture of your house and, and then leave. <laughs> 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 it takes you you would. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you guys? I've had people send me pictures of my house. Uh, yeah. Not threateningly, <laughs> but like, look, I found it. I'm like, oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, yippee. Weirdo. Thanks, thanks. That's cool. 
At the yeah, old house, I had a drone. There was an alley behind the house, and I did a drone shot back there. And somebody said, "Hey, I was able to find your house through uh, Google Images, or Google Maps, or whatever satellite oh. view, and your drone shot." And I was like, "Cool." Well, you guys know, you guys mm. want to hear, uh, this just popped up this morning. I, I wish I could remember her name to make a suggestion, but there's an attractive young lady who does a thing. Uh, she's a, a security analysis, a, a, a web security person, and she always tells you everything to be aware of. And this morning she posted a little clip. It's an Instagram post. There's a new AI out that no matter what the picture is, no matter where it is in the world, any picture, unless it's on a seamless background, the it could read the background and almost immediately give you the coordinates of where it is. That's how scanned this entire globe is at this point, that an AI could see anything in the background. And she insists it doesn't matter where you are. Like, right, I don't know if it could do this because I'm in my own private home. But if you're in public and you take a picture of yourself on the street or inside of a coffee shop or something, it picks up enough clues to be able to be like, oh, you're over there on this corner in the state, in the city. No way. Instantly. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's she posted that today, so that might be brand new technology. Along with, remember, did you guys happen to see what Marquez posted? And then Frankie, uh, the Philip DeFranco posted about it too. This, oh, the video generation, the newest, thing? yeah, the new video generator. Yeah, that's nuts. So life is scary. Well, it'll mm-hmm. get scary, but we won't know that. It's we just won't know. We won't know who's telling the truth or not. So who no. knows? It doesn't really matter. That's scary. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Anyway, so I'm going to be in Alabama. I won't be posting pictures of myself in public because I don't want anybody to know exactly where I am. <laughs> You'll then, just post uh, the address. No, no pictures, sure. just the address. I'll be okay. back next weekend to prepare for my trip to WorkbenchCon. Oh, I did that neon sign video, which worked out really good. I didn't expect to do a video, so this time last week we were talking. I didn't expect the video to be out. video came out okay, and it's getting some good views. And uh, I, I'm making a second neon sign right now. And uh, it'll, I'll post it to the socials, but it's going to be for WorkbenchCon to bring down to WorkbenchCon. Yeah, cool. So everything's uh, moving along as it should. Excellent. So, no video this weekend, just because I got too much going on. Yeah. What about next weekend? With like traveling back to back, you probably won't have uh, something. Yeah, I won't have a video for a couple weeks. Hmm. Bummer, but understandable. Sads. Yeah. No one's going to miss David, me. David, what, what about you? What have you been up to? Where are you going this weekend, David? <laughs> uh, I'm not going anywhere this weekend. I'm, yeah. I'm staying uh, home. I kind of figured. Yeah. Uh, the stereo record player stand video should be out this weekend. The video is done. It is with Yay. the advertiser now. Probably cool. will get approved today. And by the time you're listening to this, it should be up. So today I'm going to go. I need to go shoot the thumbnail and should be good. I uh, that one took me so long that I still have one more ad obligation for February. It's now the twenty first, and I don't have my video idea yet. Mm-hmm. I got a whole list of ideas. I got to find one that inspires me and is also quick enough to do within <laughs> a week. Yeah. So that's that's uh, the conundrum. That's, yes. That's a oh my dogs are Hello. excited about that. Um, yeah, that's the tough thing that when when you have you have to pick a project based on how much time you have to get it done. That's mm-hmm. not a good feeling. So, and there's um, and I have a whole list of things that I want to do, but I don't know what is interesting about them yet. So there is uh, at the at the new house we redid the bathroom, and there's a hole in the wall where a medicine cabinet used to be. And we want it to be open so there's no door. So the plan is to do like a cherry frame and and line the inside with cherry wood. And I can't figure out, like it's too it's too simple. And so I need to find the hook in that to make it a, a interesting video. And not even not even necessarily for views, but to inspire myself to to want to do it on camera. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, uh, I'm trying to figure out what what that hook is. Is there a tip? I have in an there? idea. There's, yeah, hit me. I, I have an idea. You can make the cabinet, and it reminds me of Bob's secret door video. Make the whole cabinet swing out, and then like have a secret compartment in it. So the cabinet's inset in the wall, but it swings out, and then you have a handgun in the wall or something. 
That's that's interesting. It, it, uh, on the other side of the cabinet is a little linen closet, and right now there's a hole into that linen closet. So that would that would work. Um, now, oh, that just uh, so this is going to be for for guests for, for people can rent this house. What if if uh, I ne- I do that thing? I never mention that hidden thing again, but then there's a little a little secret gift for the guest, and if they know about it, it's in there. Yeah, say I got you. Oh, you got you, sucker. Yeah, you got me. (laughs) No, that's what you put in the sign. You say I got you, sucker. There's like a camera. (laughs) (laughs) You could put the the gun with a little flare comes out. Bang! Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you for the brainstorm. Yeah, so the so you're saying they have like a medicine cabinet, all right? And you could open it up this way. I always this is another this is something you just reminded me of. I wasn't thinking of it initially, but I always I hate locks. I hate locks on doors. So I always have this fantasy of having a door that only you know how to open as long as nobody else was around. Hmm. You could pull and tug on the lock side of the door, but the whole entire frame is hinged on the same side as the lock side. So you could everybody just uses yeah. the door normally, but you could just walk up and just literally with one finger swing the entire door open from the other side. So huh. it's hinged it's hinged on the door frame on the the handset side, and then normal inside of the frame. So you just walk up and like push a little clicker and the whole door will open up. But nobody will ever know that because it's all steel framed and you just have to like push like the nose on the, you know, the bunny that's like a bronze bunny. You got to push the nose and then the door opens from the opposite side. You know, you could totally do that with um, a pocket door. How would you do that? The knob would be in the way. I was thinking it would be really funny if you had a pocket door, but then you put a knob on it. So people would go to try to pull the door with the knob and it wouldn't be able to move on that plane. But then if you yeah, just yeah, like, that's great. it left, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, and the but, hinges would yeah. have to be on the jam. The hinges would be like yeah, soldered. Yeah. To, they would they would stay yeah. there when the door slid. That's cool. The, that's, the knob really could good. push in and, and then turn and then lock so it, it gets out of the way of the frame. Well, the pocket door only has to open up to the knob. You can get past it. That's true. The knob could stay there. Yeah. Just be the stop for the door. Yeah. yeah. We, mm. right. This episode's all about secret doors. Okay, yeah. so all so, three of us should make the same idea different <laughs> ways. See. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dave, you you would you would tug and tug on like you, you'd make the the mirror blatant so you well, knew which side so, to tug it from, and then if you pull the other side, the whole thing would swing out on these like well, the lift thing out is, hinges. With this, it's um, there's already a mirror in front of the sink, and then this medicine cabinet is actually to the right on this tiny little wall. And our thought was to leave it open because it doesn't need there doesn't need to be a hinge or doesn't need to be closed because people are going to stay there for a few days. So, but that that little shelving unit that's inset into the wall could still swing open yeah. somehow. Yeah, you know those things that. Uh... I think you did. You might have done where you could pull a desk out from underneath a coffee table, and it gives you like eating height. Oh, you yeah. see one of those? Did that. Or the lid lifts up and it pulls up to eating height. You could put mount that. Oh yeah, sideways. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mount that oh. sideways on the wall, so you could literally pull the whole frame out and go sideways. But huh? Interesting. That wouldn't be as intuitive to do unless you knew it. You know, if it was just on a pivot hinge, like a regular hinge, somebody yeah. might find it and go. Oh, if you imagine if you, there was like a little thing like a tile on the wall or something and you push the tile and then the thing just goes click and pops open an inch. So you've just made the discovery and then you slowly swing it open and it says, gotcha. <laughs> I love how you found this tur- nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this has turned into a, a few hour project into a three week project now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now that- but it would you have a hook. Like a bottle of wine into something. It would have a hook. Yeah. What's the product that you need to sell? Can you say it? What is the, uh, it's, uh, it's my second Squarespace video, so I don't have to sell. Ah. But the great thing about Squarespace is they don't care what the video is about, and oh, right, so right, I get right. to do whatever I want. They have no yeah, say over the some, project. Yeah, if it was loosely associated, but no, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Secret, cool. secret medicine cool. chest. Be interested to see what you come up with. All right. Uh, let's see. For me, this week, what have I done? <laughs> I don't know. I finished up like three videos last week. I was doing several things at one time. I think we talked about that. And it was really cool on, on Friday to do the final shots for, <clears throat> I think it was three videos or four videos or something. And to be done with that day and be like, huh, I'm, like I've got a lead. Like I've got videos shot for several weeks and I can Lucky just, you. you know, 
and I don't want to like then waste that time that I have and let it catch up again. So I'm trying to get back on it, but it's nice to have a couple of days to be able to come up with ideas and design things at a slower pace. So I showed you guys a few minutes ago this idea for converting one of my past projects into something cooler. And it was nice to be able to have two days worth of fusion time to just like model something and then look at how it worked and be like, okay, well, what does that need? Oh, it needs this kind of hardware. And then I'd go look up the hardware and then I would have to change the design based on the hardware and, you know, back and forth and like following all of these little detail things. Well, okay, well, how do I do that? And then how do I do that? And what does that cause? And what is, you know, and so I got to the end of, I don't know, yesterday afternoon, really happy with the the thing that I had figured out how to do and didn't feel like I'd been rushed about it. That, that's one thing that I oftentimes, I and mean, we were talking, is just that, that that rush to, like, bare minimum design is really frustrating sometimes. And so it was nice to have a day or two of, you know, letting it ruminate a little bit and letting be able to think down paths and decide not to go down that path and then go back and go down this path and then, nope, that's not the right one. So mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. But now, at the end of this week, I have to get back to actually building stuff, so I'm going to start on that project. And <clears throat> then I, let's see, what else did I do? I'm wrestling with lights. Have I told you all about this? I, I, I mean, I told you I got new shop lights. Mm -hmm. But with the lights with the camera, have I told you about this? No? No, no I don't think so. Okay. Well, so I got these, I had these light panels in the shop for five years or so, and they were LED panels, uh, and they're like the ones I have in here, but they're just big edge-lit LED panels. They were great for a long time, and then they started changing colors, and they started dimming, and they started, like, one side would go out and stuff like that. So I replaced them with these strip lights that were, <clears throat> uh, you know, high brightness, the right color temperature. Uh, I found these other lights to then do. And I made a whole video about how to hang them different ways so that you could move them around and all this type of stuff. Then I noticed that I was getting this banding in the camera when I was shooting in there with those lights. So I looked into that, and with certain LED controllers... You have if they're if they're low quality controllers apparently the the Hertz refresh rate of AC electricity in the U.S. is 60 Hertz mm -hmm. and then in the U.K. it's 50 apparently and my dogs are still upset about something sorry but basically that flickering is so fast that our eyes can't see it, but a camera's shutter speed can. So you have to align the shutter speed of the camera with the the refresh rate of the lights. You get them in line or some, um, you know, some factor of that rate, 60, if you do, if you, if your frame rate is at six, not frame rate, if your shutter speed is at 60 or 120 or 180, then you won't see that banding that gets into the footage. The problem with that, and I did that, and it works. problem with that is that then, depending on what frame rate you're shooting at, mm -hmm. with the shutter speed, then you get motion blur. Mm -hmm. And so I've started learning, trying to understand these different components of a camera that I've never had to really... I've learned about them, but I've never had to remember them, you know. And so now I'm trying to understand how these things go together and then trying to figure out, well, what makes certain lights, LED lights, not do this? And apparently it's a higher quality controller that equalizes the, you know, the electricity, it like buffers kind of the electricity so that that flicker isn't as obvious. And what, I don't know. So I'm going down this big long path just to find a light that won't matter so much so that I can have more flexibility in camera. And it's a weird thing to spend time on as a person who's not like a camera person. I know that's the thing that a lot of camera people like they understand it and they it's you know that's like one of the problems for them to solve it's a weird thing for me to like spend time understanding how the stuff works then looking for a product that would be the right thing just so that i can then shoot video without having to worry about this as a problem yeah. but none of this stuff is like video worthy or <laughs> you know it's just it's kind of like grunt work i have to do in the background so i've been doing a lot of that but 
Do you have any? Uh, you're more of a camera person than I am, David. Do you have any so ideas or anything there? I don't have to worry about the lights because I have the the anti flicker lights or whatever they call it. So I shoot in 24 frames per second, and basically you want to double. That's is pretty common. You double your shutter speed, and some cameras will have a 48. Some cameras have a 50. So I just go up to 50. You can go higher, but then you you remove the motion blur and you get that weird jitteriness it's almost like a, like a sports thing and it doesn't look look natural so i don't really have any mm. experience with it because my lights have just worked and i just know to yeah. double my shutter speed i've just lucked out too yeah when patrick put the lights in the barn he did a little research to figure out which ones are going to be anti-flicker mm. and i haven't had a problem we can lower the lights and adjust the intensity of them dim them mm. and yeah. And I haven't had a problem. And I'm lucky I get a lot of natural light in there, too, as long as I shoot before dark. it's uh, It's been... I haven't really had that flicker. Even just with the neon sign, somebody asked me, how do you keep it from flickering? Because the sign didn't... I said, I don't know. I just got lucky. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing that's actually been difficult about trying to find that kind of light is that I can't see... I'm, I'm sure it's out there, but I can't seem to find the specific description of what makes it good or not. Mm-hmm. It's not like X hertz or so and so controller number or you know there's no like it's just like anti flicker or flicker yeah. free. Somebody's but yelling at their mean, radio right now saying no. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, look for like, this. I know the number. Yeah. It's a four nine seven one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might be one of those things too where they just don't want to commit to anything because they keep it vague, like a laser cut. Company. Well, it's like what should I, I set my laser at for leather? Like, well, you got to. I think it's actually more about. The control, the thing that makes it work is in the controller, which is not something that you can describe well. And then mm-hmm. when you say flicker free, it's not really clear whether they're talking about to the human eye or truly flicker free, which is what mm-hmm. the camera would need. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody just wants lights for their room or something, like they don't care what a camera is going to see, they want it to be flicker free so that it doesn't bother your eyes. So just finding the the right thing to search for has been the difficult part of it. And honestly, I, uh, I kind of looked at a whole bunch of lights on Amazon that would be the right color and the right, you know, intensity and all this stuff. And I found one that said flicker free and I ordered it and I'm going to just test it. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to return it and I'm going to look for another one. Cause I don't know the qualifier that I need to be looking for. So I've been wrestling with that. Uh, and it's a terrible story because I don't have any resolution for it. So sorry. But that's that's what I've been doing, uh, trying to replace the lights that I just replaced, uh, or just trying to figure it out at least. And honestly, the motion blur thing—if we have to stick with what we have—it's not a huge deal. I don't like run around a whole lot and do a lot of stuff, you know, real motion heavy anyway in the shop. So, were the lights expensive that you, that are in there now? They were not cheap. Um, yeah. I don't remember exactly how much they were. I'd have to look it up. But they were not, they're not overly expensive, but I did buy a lot of them. So mm-hmm. I've got a few hundred dollars invested in in them. And Take also, it. I mean, you, you can easily find like lights that are described as video lights, photo lights, or whatever, but they're just the wrong format for putting in the ceiling of a shop. You know, I don't want like a can light with a big soft box. That's not what I'm looking for. I need something that I can blanket the ceiling with. Um, so it's tough, but anyway, Hmm. that's kind of what I've been into. Um, we, we did have a a topic that you guys kind of were throwing around ahead of time. David, you want to start with that? Well, you remember it? (laughs) What's, what's, uh, what's your fuse threshold or something? I forget. What's our breaking point? At what point did we we stop being patient? We were chatting before hitting record and and bob stepped out for a second and jimmy and i were talking about our fathers who yeah. uh, my father is famous for having a very short fuse and i always feel weird because uh, my my father's not around anymore i always feel weird talking about the the negative aspects of him um but uh, this is this, i mean this is all facts so dad i love you <laughs> yeah. um, but he had a very he had a very short same, fuse same here and he, I had very uh, many, many public embarrassing moments 
in my childhood, which is probably a contributor to why I'm so shy and don't go into public much now. Uh, but you know, if, uh, the order went wrong at Wendy's, of course we had to go back through the drive through and then he would have to yell at the people and make sure everybody in the building and all the cars around knew that he was upset. (laughs) He was a Karen before they were Karens. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, and this would happen in stores and, and restaurants and, uh, it, it was just really embarrassing. And I was saying that, and, and, and also, um, he seemed to always look for, he always had a battle going on. So when um, he was, there would, there would be the struggle in his life. And then when that resolved, you would think, okay, everything is cool now. But he would then find another thing to, to battle that would consume <laughs> right. his mind. And right. I was also saying like... Peace, peace has set in. We, we must destroy it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I have recognized this in myself at times. And so I, I am like, okay, I need to let this go. And, and so, um, so I think the topic is what's our breaking point? Where, where, When do yeah. we blow a fuse? And I will say right now, I don't get mad in public. I I don't I I will do I, I I've I eat my I eat my burgers plain. So when we go to a yeah. restaurant and I order a burger, it's cheese only. Maybe there's <laughs> bacon. Maybe maybe there's an egg on there, but it, there's no ketchup. There's no mustard. There's no there's no there's no onions. And once in a while, the order will get screwed up. I'll just live with it because I don't even want the confrontation <laughs> of, of, of dealing with that. I'm so much the same. It's, it's funny. I, we're very similar. I grew up with my dad very often losing his temper. And to the point where me and my siblings would always be like, oh, boy, just eat the hamburger the way it is. Just like you said, my dad would always. There were times where my dad would open a McDonald's bag when we'd be on a road trip or something. He'd be handing each one of us our burgers or whatever we ordered. And then he realizes the order's wrong. He'd like snatch everything out of our hands, stuff it back in the bag and go inside and organize the reality of what needs to be fixed and it, even when he, we were kids he would have all the groceries my dad had this he always had these big lavish grocery trips and we'd have 20 bags everybody'd have to take time out to go empty the car and my dad one by one would go through everything on the receipt and if there was something missing or something got left in a shopping cart everything had to go back in the bags because the one thing he didn't want to be accused oh, of was wow. being a liar Everything went back in the bags, and when everybody went back to the store, we had to put it all back in the car in case he got into an argument with the manager. He could basically say, I'm not lying. This is missing. And most often, they would just go, well, let's just go take another one. But he always backed his bet. He, everything had to go back to the cashier with everything in his hands. And so I'm very much the same, Dave. When something comes out wrong, I'm like, you know what? In about six hours, I'll eat again. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Especially when I'm out at a restaurant with friends and somebody's like, they got my order wrong. I'm just like, that's all right. I ate enough bread. I'm fine. I'll wait till tomorrow to eat another lavish meal, whatever it might be. But I'm very inspired by my dad's outburst when I was a kid. I try never to do that. And I did have one breaking point, And some of my fans know this story. I really lost my temper in public to somebody, uh, and I don't. I don't even care that this is a. Uh, I don't even care that this is out there. Uh, in New York State, we have Elise Stefanik. She's the Republican leader of the House, or something like that. And her mother owns a plywood company, and her mother and father own a plywood company. And I went to the plywood company like three years ago to buy plywood, and she, the mother, was behind the counter. But I called in because it's a. 40 mile ride i called in and i said you guys have sapelli plywood and the the person who answered the phone was a man and he says yep we got it i go okay um i'm coming up can i bring a check yep no problem i drive up actually i said can i use a can i use a debit card no problem so i get up there and now elise stefanik's mother who owns this plywood company is at the counter and she's like, uh, I go, do you have Sapelli plywood? I said, I'm here to get five, ten sheets of Sapelli plywood. Well, did you call ahead and have it pulled? I said, well, I called ahead and spoke to somebody. They said it's available. Yeah, but did you have it pulled? I said, I did not ask for it to be pulled. I said, I didn't ask for a price or anything. I said, that's why I'm here now. How do you plan on paying with a check? I said, I'm going to use a debit card. We take checks only. I go, 
Well, I have a debit card and I've used it here before. What's your name? She looks up. She's like, you haven't been here in 15 months. We only deal with real woodworkers, she says. What? Immediately. Immediately tanks the conversation. And I said, well, whoever answered the phone, and I'm looking and I'm throwing my voice over her shoulder to the guy whose face is buried in the computer. Whoever <laughs> answered the phone told me that it didn't need to be pulled until I got, you know, whatever the details were. Whatever she was asking me is everything he should have told me on the phone. And I was like, well, the person who answered the phone didn't say I needed a check. And it just escalated from there. And it just, when she called me, like, it took a few minutes to get to the point where she says, we only deal with real woodworkers here. I lost it. And I can't even say on the radio what I said on this. I lost it. And actually, I didn't lose it until after I went out, got my order, loaded my car. I talked to the forklift operator who knew me and watched my channel. It's the first time I met him. Very nice guy. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. I was like, yeah, I've been here before a few times. And, and he's like, 15 months go, ago. Yeah, I go, was here 15 <laughs> months ago. That's what I said. I go, I go, apparently I was here 15 months ago. I go, the woman inside, I go, she's unbelievable. He goes, yeah, she's the owner and she's, she's, she really makes enemies with a lot of people. I go, I go, I'm never coming here again. I go, and I'm going to blast on social media. Don't ever go to this plywood place in, in Cohoes, New York. And he's like, I know, I know she's really unbearable sometimes. And then I go in to like finalize the payment. I don't know why I had to go back inside. And then her and I immediately started yelling at each other. And I just couldn't take how rude she was. And I called her a dirty word. I started losing it. And Taylor was with me. And she's like, yo, you got to reel it in. I started calling her a dirty word, a certain type of person. And I never did that before. And I said it like four times until the person who I guess must have been her son who had his head buried in the computer. I said it like four or five times. You think on the first time he would have stood up and said, yo, reel it in. I lost my temper. And I said it like four or five times. And he just over his shoulder just goes, hey, come on, calm down now. Meaning he knows this is a completely acceptable behavior by her. Everybody around her accepts this behavior by her. Like he mm -hmm. didn't immediately go, yo, shut it down, brother. He went, hey, calm down now. But I said the dirty word like several times. Long story short, I, I packed, and I said, as we were, she followed me out to the car and I was said, uh, what did I say? I said, I go, ask this kid. I go, he knows who I am. I said, you guys are going to get a bad review. I kind of pulled that stupid Karen thing, but I was really pushed to the limit. And she goes, she turned and screamed at the forklift driver. She goes, what did you say to him about me? I go, he didn't say anything about you. I'm asking you to have him tell you who I am. And she screams at him. She's like, what did you say about me to him? She lost it. She like completely went off the deep end. Mm. And anyway, I got my car and drove away. That was it. I obviously did a, I did an angry Yelp review under an assumed name. And of course, and uh, months later, this is crazy story. Months I'll finish this quick. Months later, I get to the Albany airport. I'm the only one there. The gate is down. It's like four in the morning. I have a 6 a.m. flight. Nobody's there. I'm the only one. I'm sitting on a box in front of the security gate. There's nobody in the whole airport. People are slowly starting to turn on the shops. And this woman, like an angry chicken, just comes stomping by and stomping by and stomping by. And then she stomps and looks at me and goes, where are the bathrooms? I go, I don't know. I don't work here. She's like, why are the bathrooms locked? I go, I don't, I don't work here. When do the bathrooms go? I go, I don't work here. And I just like ignored her and just went back to my phone. Security comes, they open up everything. And I go and sit at my gate. There's like three people in the whole airport. I sit at my gate. She comes stomping in like an angry chicken, stomps and sits down directly in front of me. So I'm looking at the gate and she sits down. So the side of her face, the left side of her face is looking directly at my gaze. And I'm looking at her and I'm just going, what an angry woman. Look at how upset she is. She's so mad that the bathrooms are locked. And then it, like, all of a sudden, like he's going, what? that's the woman I screamed and yelled at <laughs> 10 months ago. And she looks at me over her shoulder and kind of just slowly looks at me and then gets up and then walks and sits on the other side of the, the waiting area. Mm. And it was her. And she and I both remembered the fight we had in public at the same exact time. And I just, Dang. I pulled my phone out and I just blatantly took, I snapped a picture of us. <laughs> <laughs> she saw me, she's just like, I just pulled my phone and just took a picture of her like, I know who you are, you such and such. Angry chicken. <laughs> and you angry chicken. I don't know, that's a long story, but that was the only time in my adult life I ever lost it. But it was just because she came at me so rude. I just couldn't believe how rude she was. And some people are listening to this going to be like, I know exactly who you're talking about. Hmm. Same thing happened to me. Because the kid on the forklift said, he goes, yeah, this happens about once a month with her. Hmm. I, I just couldn't believe it. And 
I, the reason I bring that up is that I'm certainly embarrassed and I will do my best to never do that again. But the other oh, was, and if there was a lot more people there, I probably wouldn't have done it. It was just me and her, the person at the computer who I guess was her son and the forklift driver and Taylor was really waiting outside. Those, if there was more people there, I definitely would have kept my mouth shut. And if somebody would have had a phone, I mean, that could thing could be on a security camera at the time. I don't know. But if there was a phone, I would have been so embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, I really lost it and I'm not proud of it. But I would like that was an example to me, like never, ever let that happen again. Ever. I, I mean, next time I should just leave and not buy what I need. You know, she was so rude to me. Next time I'm just going to walk out. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's my story. And that's Elise Stefanik's mother. I, I don't have any. Bob, you would, I don't never, have any, you, you would never do that. I don't have any examples of, of <laughs> you would never exploding that. in that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's because I'm, I'm with David in the, like, the confrontation of getting to that point. I would have, I would have bailed way before that. I should have. I should have. And, and so, that's what I'm saying. I'm not proud of what happened. And this is, this is not me saying, like, I'm, I'm really good at this. Check this out, guys. That's not what I mean. I mean, I am so averse to that it getting to that point mm-hmm. that I would, as soon as somebody starts being rude to me in a situation, I'm like, ah, okay, I'm out. I don't need this. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to convince somebody that they should be another way than they are in in general. And so, yeah. if somebody is rude at a store, or if somebody, you know, cuts in front of me in line, like there's. I don't want to be in line enough to stand up to that person about that moment. <clears throat> so I will just back away from it because, and not because I'm above it, because I don't want to deal with it. You know Let me I mean? ask you a question though. This is when I, when I think about what made me snap <clears throat> on that particular day, this was about four years ago. What made me snap on that day was when she said, now, how would you guys react if somebody said this, looked you in the face and said, we only deal with real woodworkers here. That's what that was. Made, been that's like, what that's what made me snap. I, I absolutely would have left because my yeah. opinion of my own woodworking skill is so low that I would have been like, <laughs> "Cool, got it. I, I don't deserve to be here." Then see you later. No, but I also would have been in like, my mind, no, "In my mind, I said, you're right. I'm not a real woodworker, but it's not up to you to decide." That's what I said well, inside my head, mm. <laughs> and that's the truth, honestly. But my honestly, my reaction to something like that would be like, "Wow, this person really does not want business." Yeah, if you're not yeah, even yeah. willing to see what I am or, you know, my skill level that would qualify me to be here, whatever, yeah. they don't want your business if they're Premium Plywood is like the name of the company, by the way. I just remember Premium Plywood <laughs> okay. is the hose. I'll be sure don't to never it. go there. Yeah, because um, that was my personal experience that yeah. I had, that I had. And it's not, you know, I'm not making anything up. It's a real experience. God. So it's really interesting. I had a conversation with my son, my oldest son yesterday. He's 16. And um, we were talking about teachers in his <clears throat> high school experience, and he wouldn't mind me telling this because it's not relevant to anything except for the patient's conversation or the the pain. I think that's really what it's about in in me talking to him. He had a class where he he switched classes. Uh, you know, at one point in the year, he goes into his class, and this teacher says, first day, teacher says, if you when I give you work to do. You're going to select the answer. And if you circle the question or circle the answer or you put a triangle around it or you put an X over it, I will take away points. You have to draw a square around the answer. Yeah. You have to draw a square around the answer or it will not be correct. And this is for all work for the entire trimester that they're in. And so my son's a good student. He works hard. He does really well on things. And so he comes home and he is very upset about like, why does this matter? Why does it matter if I circle or square? Cause he naturally circles things, I guess, you know, everybody has a marking that they're habit, they have a habit of. And he was really frustrated with that should not matter that, you know, I'm going to switch classes because that's a dumb rule that doesn't actually have anything to do with what I'm learning. And, and he's totally right. But the way the conversation got to was that I was trying to help him understand that you have to balance the pain of a situation against the pain of the consequence of your action. And so 
in the moment, you can fight the teacher about that because it's a dumb rule. And the consequence of that is going to be she may have it out for you <laughs> and she may not want you give you the points you deserve and she may not be fair to you. You know, there's a lot of consequence for th that fight back. But the pain of actually doing what she's asking is pretty minimal. Learning how to draw a square instead of a circle for 10 weeks. And I was trying to make the point to him that in that situation, being able to give in to something that's not wrong, it just doesn't make any sense to you, is okay. Versus if you're at school and there's somebody picking on somebody else, there's somebody giving somebody a hard time, saying a mean thing to them, the pain to you is nothing if you ignore it. If you step into that situation, you stand up for person, stand up for a person that needs you to stand up for them. The pain may be you get punched in the face, you get beat up, you get ostracized. But that pain is worthwhile because you've done the right thing. You've stood up for somebody that needed you to stand up for them, which is something that we always try to get our kids to find when that is available to them. <clears throat> so I was trying to set up two scenarios for him and help him to understand that sometimes being offended and sometimes taking action because of that offense is not at all worth the squeeze. And I said that to him and he was like, what does that mean? And I'm like, yeah, it's like you make orange juice. If you squeeze an orange, you don't really get a whole lot of juice out of an orange. And so you have to decide if the juice is worth the effort of squeezing the orange right. or not. And he was like, what? <laughs> I said, There's a saying that says the juice is worth the squeeze, meaning how, how much are you willing to act for the result? And I think in, in this type of like patience situation, that is something worth remembering. The getting mad, the reacting, all of that stuff is going to have a consequence. And is, is that consequence worth the effort? Is it worth the, the embarrassment or the pain or the whatever that goes along with it? And it's really hard for us to hear that or, or to know that in the moment, you know, and to be able to think through those options and stuff in the moment. But for my teenage kids, learning to take a breath and think about those things in a heated moment is something that they just haven't learned yet. But it's something that we want them to learn now yeah. so that when they're our age, they're not the person who's reactive to everything. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this, that was just a, a local you know, topic for us last night. I was, uh, as you were telling this story, I was just thinking, like, this is so, this means nothing in the great scheme of things but there's this facebook group that i uh, uh i'm a part of and it's just about historic toledo buildings and all i do is everybody's posting historic buildings every day and it's just it's so cool to see how these buildings used to look decades ago and then the owner of this group just randomly says you must we're cleaning up the uh, the group subscribers i don't know what you call it on facebook we're cleaning up the group subscribers so you must reply to this post with a yes that you want to remain in the group so we can clean it up just clean up the, the non-users and i was just like this person some people just want so much control it means nothing if the, <laughs> who cares yeah. if the group has five thousand people but only 100 yeah. of those people are interacting who cares they just yeah. want control. it's like <laughs> it's yeah. like somebody who collects matches uh, or matchbox cars and uh, like if the possession of that it's it's crazy that you could apply that to like a, a number on a screen <sighs> yeah and yeah, there's no you know, weight to it you're not paying per user yeah. or anything like yeah. that. it's not taking yeah. up any space outside of that number and trying to control that. Now that's really weird. Yeah. I, yeah. But yeah, I typically as a New Yorker, that's why me and that woman butted heads like that because she's a New Yorker and she feels like she could be rude and get through. And obviously she owns a business and her daughter works for Congress and she's got all this power tripping and she's obviously gotten her way. I can only imagine the men in her life probably all live under desks, but <laughs> it, it's it, it, being in New York is, uh, it's very interesting being in and around New York city there's a lot of that day to day in a subtle way. People will challenge you, and you just realize you're not going to be you're not going to be allowed to be taken advantage of, and then they back down. It happens all day long. There's power trips with you, a guy at the bodega, which is the deli, or the guy at the coffee shop, or the kid at the coffee shop, or whatever. It, it, you know, it's funny. There's a song by um, 
Ben Folds, which just played the other day in the car. I really like it. Uh, the Battle of Who Could Care Less. You know that song? Mm, oh, no. yeah. It's one. such a good song. It's such a good It's a song. good title. And, and that's like living and working in New York. It's like everybody's so apathetic. But then you have the people that are like power tripping and and you know just any interaction with the police is just it's it's just a battle of egos all day long and i'm so happy to not be in that ego battle all day long and then when i bumped heads with this woman i was just like i'm here to spend like four thousand dollars just be happy Mm -hmm. i'm spending money at your place i didn't flex and say i'm making a youtube video i didn't say any of that in fact i made the tables that went to the bahamas i made these tables that ended up going down to the bahamas i made a big long banquet table and then a couple of other office desks out of that material and it's just it's just funny when people don't realize how rude they could be and, you know their break as a matter of fact her breaking point was literally like on the surface it seems like it's on the surface all the time mm. you know, she doesn't seem to have any grace whatsoever and you guys know this sort of behind the scenes thing I'm dealing with. I sent you guys the uh, the information on it, but I'm going through a, a local government thing here. And me and Howard, it has to do with the house that we own. It's just a little local government tax issue. And Howard said, I, when I realized there was a problem, how was my partner on the house? And he's like, don't lose your temper because we don't want local government hating you. I was like, no, 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 no. And I went in there and I handled it with grace and, uh, and, the woman almost admitted like her like basically admitted yeah 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 i made a mistake but if i went in there blazing i definitely would not have gotten oh, yeah. what i wanted it still needs to be resolved i mean my house is is overvalued that's the bottom line and the taxes are high so i went in there i was like the house is overvalued it shouldn't be this value it should be this value at the very least and uh so we went back and forth and we we bantered a little bit but the whole time i was very i tried to be extremely graceful never disrespectful in any way to her or her assistant, you know, just stayed on topic. Didn't try. I didn't want to say anything that could be perceived as weird. Like one of the people there, I know her boyfriend. I was going to say, Oh, I know. And I was just like, you know what? Keep on topic. Don't, don't yeah. be weird. Just stay on the topic, you know, very legalese and very, and, uh, you know, stoic and gracious. And, and the woman is going to work on resolving the issue to my benefit. I hope it seems like that's the way it went, but, well, and, and you mentioned when, before we started recording, you told us kind of the story and the conversation and stuff. And one of the things you mentioned was that you just stayed quiet. And I think that is a lesson. Yeah, just for listen. Almost any situation, the longer you can be quiet, the more, I, I don't want to say you're trying to make un- other people uncomfortable, but most people are really uncomfortable with silence. And if you can train yourself to be okay with silence, if you're in a confrontation with somebody about anything, the longer you can be silent, the more time that person has to start to try to fill in the silence. And usually they will back down or, or have a moment to breathe and realize that they've been a problem. If you immediately jump into every silent space with yeah. a comeback, it, it's just amps things up. It doesn't give them time to process, oh, maybe I overreacted or, oh, maybe I did make a mistake. But your example there, which I know nobody else heard, was that you were silent and it gave her moments to go, oh, maybe I should look into this a little bit further. Oh, yeah. oh, there is a problem. Oh, there's the problem. Oh, this is the, you know. And I think that's a really good situation. It's something I have a super hard time doing with my kids. Yeah. But because, you know, when a kid talks back to you or uh, or like starts to like stand up for themselves and like try to get themselves out of a situation as a dad, my immediate response is, oh, no, 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 no. I know exactly what's going on here. I know the truth. I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm the, I'm in charge. I don't want to have my pride hurt. I, 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 I. And that's my response to that. And all that does is escalate everything. But yeah. the few times that I've been able to just let my kid go ahead and say their excuse, let them get through the lie or the justification for something, and I don't respond they start to get really scared. Hmm. Why is he quiet? Hmm. <laughs> Why is he not saying anything? Okay, what I actually meant was this. Okay, I did make a mistake. And and I don't I don't I guess maybe it's a manipulation tactic if you really take it down to that, but I think silence and patience is one it's super hard, but it I think it 
kind of lets somebody else diffuse the situation a little bit. Um, I mean, honestly, with you could even take this to YouTube comments. The, yeah. The thing that I've learned over the years is just to not say anything. Yeah. You know, because well, well, it, the more inflammatory you are, it just escalates and everything. And so by not yeah. saying anything, it allows them to just be the person who's angry or the yeah. person who has an opinion that's whatever. And that's okay. You know, I don't have to respond to that because it, nothing good is going to come out of escalation. In I find, uh, you know, to your point, Bob, to piggyback on your point, I find that when people ask me a question and I just simply answer the question with no other filler other than whatever mm -hmm. the proper, and this is an example that comes to mind. If anybody in this world goes to tractor supply, it's like, hey, are you part of the neighbor's club? What's your phone number? Bah, 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 bah. Every time I go through tractor supply, are you part of the neighbor's club? No. And they go, okay. They could tell by the way I say no. I don't want to be part of the neighbor's club. I don't want to give out my phone number. I don't want them to try and find it. I don't want to be discounted or tracked or anything. Every time I go through the thing and the person in front of me, are you part of the neighbor's club? Oh, I don't know. What is that? Oh, give me your phone number. And now it's another 10 minute exchange until my turn. Uh, and then, oh, what what number is your neighbor? And then all of a sudden, so are you part of the neighbor's club? No. Shuts it down. Have you yeah. been drinking tonight? No. Where are you coming from? The west. Where are you going to? I'm driving to the east. Shuts it down. Instead yeah. of being, no, I didn't have anything to drink tonight. I, I don't, I, I've been sober for 37 years. I don't say any of that. Have you had anything to drink tonight? No. <laughs> There's a lot of checkpoints in Hudson. And just answer the question that's asked and then dead it. Let them say the next thing. You know, it, it's, it's, it helps. It helps me. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I don't want it to uh, sound like I have perfect behavior because I, Kelly, will, will say that's, you know, I can <laughs> overreact to things. Like if I drop a glass or whatever, I sometimes will yell and let it ruin my day and i think i've gotten better with that over over the years nothing i would i i never overreact in public it's always at home it's usually by myself but i think i've gotten better at that and i wasn't this isn't this wasn't for anybody ever to to see but i have written this little daily affirmation thing that i say out loud when it's shoot day to help me deal with with mistakes but this is, a, this is this is this is embarrassing but i say to myself out loud today we're going to make a great video things may break but we're going to make a great video what we do is art what we make is art and i will say that out loud and mm -hmm. i don't know what it is about that but saying that out loud just helps me have a better day and it helps me That's deal cool. with mistakes uh, a lot better all right we need a yeah. poster <laughs> that was that was supposed to be just for me that's in my that's in my notes but now it is public yeah. mm. i think that i think that's good i think doing something like that no matter what it is no matter what the tone of it is or how you go about setting up your expectations for yourself for the day you're reciting what you want to be what you want the day to be mm -hmm. and I th or the moment or the whatever. I think that's awesome. I think that's a great way to do that because you're deciding ahead of time. This is how I'm going to react. This is like when I got married, I told Jenny, we're not getting a divorce. It may get bad. <laughs> we may not be okay with each other, but we're stuck with this. And it was deciding before you got to the hard part, what the, what you're going to do in the hard part. And I think that's, that's fantastic. I like that. That's great. It, it reminds me of another topic that I dealt with this week early, um, or earlier this week. And the reason I bring this up as an example of, have you guys dealt with this person? And if you are this person, try not to be this person. <laughs> A help rejecting complainer. Do you guys know any help rejecting complainers where they call you and go, oh, you know, yeah. I can't get this thing going this way. And then you go, oh, well, have you tried that way? I, I tried that. It didn't work. And well, have you tried that? Well, no, it, it, did, it didn't work. I'm like, what about, I go, you know what? I'm just going to listen to you complain. If you want to vent, you vent. But if you want to ask me for something, I'll give you an answer and just listen. Don't immediately react with it. Well, I tried that and it didn't work. In my bad day, I'm having a bad day and it didn't work. 
I can't stand that. And occasionally, more often, most often, I call people out. I'm like, okay, you know what? You want to talk? I'll just listen. Yeah. I won't offer so, you any solutions. I said, I have 50 years of experience doing this type of thing you're complaining about. I said, you could garnish some knowledge from me, but if you want to just reject everything I say, I'll just listen. And when so you're done talking, think, we could say goodbye and get off the phone. <laughs> I think a question can solve this. And I've learned this from being married for a very long time. Men, in general, have the the reaction to something. I want to try to fix this. I think most men are like that. Not, not mm -hmm. only men, but I think most men are like that. If there's a problem, I want to give my best guess at a solution for that. A lot of women, in my experience, don't actually want the solution. They want to be heard. They want to be known that there is a problem, and they want you to be able to listen to them, right? And that's totally valid. When you're a young married person, I think a lot of times, as a man, you want to, here's the solution. I want to fix this thing for us, for you. And so... A lot of times that is the wrong approach. And this is not only in marriage, but that's my context. <clears throat> so I learned a long time ago that when a situation like you're describing comes up, Jimmy, and here's the problem, here's the, the way my day went, here's the thing that I can't figure out, instead of me immediately jumping to, okay, well, here's a solution that you can take. It's the thing is a question. Do you want me to help you with this or do you want me to listen to you about this? Yeah. Because that sets the expectation as to, like, wh what is my role in this? And I'll, most of the time, it's, I just want to tell you how my day was. Got it. Yeah. I will shut up, yep. and I will listen to it, and I will feel for you, and I'm I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. um, and then occasionally, it's like, no, I really don't know how to do this. I need help with, I need a solution for it. Awesome. Uh, spring to action, you know. Yep. But I think just asking that question sets the expectation across any relationship as to, like, what is my role in this conversation? Because, you know, you kind of look like a jerk if you're just trying to talk instead of listen when that's what's needed. So, yeah, that's what I've learned over the years in regard to that. I sent you a funny video called uh, It's Not About the Nail. That's a really oh, funny yeah. video. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's such a good one. <laughs> it's about a girl complaining that she has an ache in her head, and the guy keeps saying, well, there's a nail in your forehead. She's like, it's not about the nail. Just listen to me. And it, Basically, what you just yeah. described. Yeah. Help rejecting complainer. Don't be one. And try not to deal with one. <laughs> or if somebody is a help rejecting complainer, Bob's got good advice. Just say, What do you want from this conversation? Are you asking for advice? Because I'll give it. If you don't, I'll just listen. Yeah, I think it boils down to like, How can I help? Hmm. Because if the help is listening, then they will tell you that. If the help is a solution, they will tell you that. In, in most things. You got any other thoughts on this? I think we could probably talk about this forever in a bunch of different examples. <laughs> well, I, I think but... I had a chance to vent. Every time I talk about okay. that plywood story, I get, it's like a therapy session for me, so I apologize. I think we talked about it for like 30 yeah. minutes before we even hit record. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters uh, who are awesome and who support the show and, and make this possible for us to do. And we're very legitimately grateful to these people because um, the show, I don't think it would happen. I think it would be really difficult for us to get together and justify this time and, and schedule it and stuff without them. So big thanks to every single person over there that has, that helps us out at any level or who has helped us in the past. We're, we're really grateful. This group of people go above and beyond. Like they, give us more money than they need to but we're also really grateful for them that's nick ryan Corey ward albers woodworks who i owe some stickers to i saw your order austin and i'm gonna send it this week works by solo chad from Mancrafting, chad's custom creations rich at low end design odin leather goods sean beckner scott at dad it yourself diy jeff at the new janky workshop warren works michael manegin and crabtree creative he actually did reach out to me about, remember I mentioned rap, I wanted to mm -hmm. ask him a rap question. And from saying that, I immediately got a message from him. I was like, okay, how can I help? And he was awesome. He was like giving me all these ideas about He's an expert design and yeah. templates. And it, yeah, it was really cool. Um, so maybe someday if I ever get the Land Cruiser back, I'll talk to him. About we were, I was discussing with him about wrapping the Impala because I just assumed uh, wraps were always like, advertisements or crazy sure. and he was like no you can just get 
a color and yeah. and so he kind of opened my eyes it's it's an option um for the car someday i haven't decided what i want to do with the car it just takes up a lot of space yeah but yeah <laughs> gotcha uh well uh if you want to join the patreon crew and get the after show we've got a couple updates for you today in the after show you can go to patreon.com slash making it uh, big thanks to everybody over there and the new patrons that we've had in the last couple weeks glad to have you all around um so thanks for that do the two of you have anything to recommend this week you know i'm going to recommend uh, i'm trying to think of something but i just realized i'm trying to help out uh, the rhinebeck aerodrome it's a local place it's an amazing story but the interest in antique airline airplanes is is dwindling because not too many people want to build an airplane hop in it and fly it anymore but the <laughs> rhinebeck aerodrome is here in rhinebeck new york it was started in 1959 by a guy named Cole. I don't know his last name, but he's the founder, and everyone mentions his name a lot. And I've been reaching out to them. They've been reaching out to me. We've been talking a lot through social media. And I'm going to try and help them bring them some attention. They have a collection of antique airplanes, all pre-1930 airplanes. They have like the third or fourth Wright Brother plane. They have one of only two of these type of cars that were electric cars in 1916. Jay Leno owns the other one. They have an incredible collection of, of antique cars and, uh, and antique airplanes. They got like maybe five or six hangars. Incredible memorabilia, all pre-1930s, a lot of World War I airplane stuff. And every Saturday in the summer, in spring and summer, they do air shows with these antique planes. And just trying to get some attention to these guys. And they're going to try and do sort of like a, a one-weekend maker camp type of thing related to airplane aviation engineering and building <clears throat> the oldest gentleman there is 80 years old he just turned 80 and he makes airplanes you can see it all on their instagram and they're making one of the earliest mono i think it's called a mono wing kind of looks like the stealth bomber where it's just one wing oh yeah it's just one wing in a cockpit like placed inside the middle of the wing and it's a one-man airplane it's, the airplane fits inside this garage they're working on and they're building it from scratch this 80 year old gentleman ken is building this airplane from scratch from drawings and from a model that was made like in the 1930s of it or the 1940s of this particular airplane and he's making the thing he's going to fly it he's going to fly it in the spring so it's it's unbelievable that what these guys do and people are incredible steel wow. to build this airplane this guy's 80 years old and the, the other guy that's there he's you know he's up there he's no spring chicken and uh, they're just trying to get some interest. So if you're in the New York area hmm. and you have an interest in flying airplanes, go check out the New York Rhinebeck Aerodrome in Rhinebeck, New York. Wow. That's it. It's on Instagram and YouTube, but the YouTube is, they really work on Instagram. Gotcha. M Dude. Mine is, it's a video called, It's Not About the Nail. <laughs> I, I actually i was struggling to find a pick and i found something silly this morning before the podcast but this is a much better fit so i'm gonna i'm gonna steal jimmy's did you did you listen to it a little yeah, bit yeah it, it, <laughs> it's, it's good. good and it's only a minute 41 so you have no excuse yeah. to not watch this <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> funny really good I already put it in the show notes, but I'll move it to your pick. Just so <laughs> it looks like it came from you. You, you, you can, you can, you can say um, I stole it. Okay, I absolutely will do Perfect. that. Um, mine is the video we we briefly mentioned. I think it came out after the show, after we recorded last week. It was Marquez Brownlee did a video about AI generated video, yeah, and how this new tool that's out called I think it's called Sora. Is that I believe right? so something like that. But it is a ridiculous step up from what AI generated video was doing a very short time ago. And he gives some examples of that, but even other video stuff that I've seen that he doesn't reference, this is just wild. Like there's no telling. There's no in in a few weeks there's going to be no telling the difference between anything that's real and what's fake. Yeah, and he talks about some of that, you know, a, as a consideration. Um and man, it, it it's a cool video. It's cool to see what technology can do, but it also just brings up a lot of questions about ethics and who should have access to this stuff and got me thinking about 
you know, if one person can make it, somebody else can make it too. And that other person may not have the same yeah, nefarious standards and may have the same, you know, uh, it's, it's wild. So my, uh, when you think about that guys, like think about for a second, what it takes to make a Pixar movie. Now, can you just make a Pixar movie in about two hours sitting at the computer and typing and waiting for this thing to generate? We're very close. We're very close. Yeah. And then is it still worth $25 to go well, see the Well, here's the thing. So my buddy... <laughs> you can make your own. This is its own topic, so I'll be quick. But my buddy Clay, he makes money playing music. He plays in local bars. Uh, mostly what he does is covers, but he also does some originals. And we were having a conversation via text about like, you can just make music via AI. You can, and you can get stems and you can mix. And, and I was like, yes, you can, but that's not what I want to listen to. I think people are still looking for human made things because there's a connection there. No matter how good AI gets, yeah, some people will be entertained by it, but other people are still looking for that human connection. So as far as like stealing our jobs, as creators, we don't have to oh. worry, uh, but there is some scary stuff that yeah. might need to be regulated by governments in the future. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. And that is a whole topic we should probably talk about. Um, yeah, there's a personal touch and there's a, there's a quirkiness and originality to humanity that, you know, that AI, I don't think is going to be able to replicate simply because it's basing its, its decisions on what it's already seen. Humanity has the capacity to create something out of nothing with no reference. And so that's, that's the thing that people I think gravitate towards. But anyway, cool. Well, uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. I'll week. talk about, we, I think we talked about my Finnish formula in the main show last week and yes. you were like yeah. hey you should look into this a little bit more i'll talk about what my plans yeah. are in the after show oh, okay. okay cool yeah. all right now it's a product launch <laughs> well thanks for listening everybody slow down <laughs> we'll see you next time thank you bye thank you love you